Welcome to Property and Investing with Grant and Charlie, the place where we're giving you access to all the strategies, tactics, and tools in order for you to become a successful property investor. Now, Charlie, it's Christmas. Well, it was Christmas two days ago. Uh, Did you get something in your Santa sack? I got screwed this year, Grant. I got nothing. No. Absolutely (laughs) donuts. And that's it. Episode done. A little bit of coal. I know what I wanted for Christmas, but I didn't get it. It was an interest rate cut. Ah. (laughs) Got it. I was was one of the two. Well, funnily enough, I have actually hacked Secret Santa. I went to all my family, all my friends, and just subscribed to them to the property investing newsletter. And then I just printed it off and then I just slipped it into an envelope and just said, Merry Christmas. And now if you would like to do the same thing too, because you didn't buy anybody anything, head over to propertyinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, download screenshot, print, put into a Christmas card. It is better than a syndicate or a scratchy. It's better than, what is it? The uh, gambling syndicates or the scratches that everyone gets. It's newsletter subscription. Now let's cue your disclaimer, Charlie. It's Charlie here from Property and Investing, and I need to let you know that Grant and I and the Property Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you financial advice. We strongly encourage you to seek out and use professionals when comparing investment products or making investment decisions. All right, Grant. We're going to talk about the most exciting topic I've ever spoken about in my life, offset accounts. <laughs> Was that foghorn? Boring. I nearly went to sleep <laughs> as I said it. <laughs> the words are putting me to sleep. Great topic, Tyler. This is a good way to get more listeners. Awesome. Thank you. Well, I think as every investor, when you're starting out, right, this is not a topic that comes up or even something you're interested in but it has the ability to significantly improve the results you get with property investing. And not only that, is it's like one of those things is as you get into it, it's something that becomes more important to you. So the way I utilize my offset accounts today, having a bigger portfolio is way more important to me than when I had one, for example. So this topic is something that every property investor needs to know about and understand in my opinion. And then also that something that will become more important to to them the deeper they go into the game. I agree. And by the way, everything that you were just saying then could totally be applied to golf. The older you get, the more important it becomes. The deeper you get, the better it becomes. Like, but when you started, it was not good. Like you didn't care about it. It's like your dad kept talking about golf, and you're just like, meh, whatever. But then as you got older, you're like, oh, maybe I will have a hit. Gateway. And then I was like, golf, 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 golf. Same with offset. Do you know the one that comes to mind for me is uh, mobility and flexibility. Dude, I was like, thinking, when you're twenty, I, like, <laughs> I was thinking like arm braces. I'm like, oh, they become so important when you get old. <laughs> yeah, but that's actually a really great analogy, right? So what, when we look at it, is like when you're twenty years old. I used to go to the gym and just like go in and train. You just go in there and you're like, sweet, let's just start deadlifting and squats. And you'd be seeing guys in there, and it's like you know they spend twenty minutes like rolling, doing like mobility work, and you're like. What's wrong with that dude? And then uh, as you get older and they, uh, you know, they'll drop that comment like, oh, make sure you look after your mobility and you go, and then as you get older, you're like, he was right. right. And then you become become that older guy, just like foam rolling yourself for 45 minutes out of a one hour workout. (laughs) But yes, 
That is exactly the same as offset accounts. Hugely, right? We've laid this one up. We've laid this one up in a big way. So let, let's unpack this a little bit more. So I'm going to go into like explaining what it is first, and then we're going to get into the, some of the strategies and tactics that I use today that may be helpful to others. And I know you use some as well, Grant. Okay, so number one, just to define it, an offset account in simple terms is a bank account that is attached to a mortgage, all right, in simple terms. But the magical difference between this bank account and other bank accounts is any cash you store in it offsets the debt associated with the mortgage. So for example, if I bought a property for $100,000 and I had a $100,000 mortgage on it, that would mean I've got $100,000 of debt. If I put $50,000 in my offset account that was associated with that loan, when the bank calculates my interest, rather than calculating the interest on $100,000, they're only going to calculate it on fifty. So really powerful concept. Now, so, for a lot of property investors, this would mean that if you are storing money in an offset account, you could actually offset the interest on that loan versus getting uh, some inter- low interest on a crappy bank account somewhere else. So really powerful concept. So in that scenario, right, to use, I'm sure in the future this will probably come true at some point. So imagine it was 100000 and you had like, what we're going to say? We're going to say like one percent of that is what you're paying on interest. So we call it the interest payment is a thousand. So I need to pay a thousand dollars every month or just rudimentary. However, if I have fifty thousand dollars in that bank account, I'm not paying a thousand dollars for my interest anymore. I'm gonna pay five hundred dollars because it is the interest on the difference between my debt and the cash that sits in the bank account or the offset account. Completely. And it says it on the tin, right? It's an offset account. It offsets the debt associated with the loan. And bank people are very, they're great marketers. Well, I, do you know what? It's labeled exactly how a bank, I would expect a bank to label <laughs> yeah. something, right? Very matter of fact. Very com- my compliance office would approve this. It offsets something. And the thing that I, uh, I love, like when I, when I got my, my first one, I'm like, this thing looks and breathes like a bank account. I can get myself and my wife debit cards to go and spend the money that sits in the account. I can move money in. I can take money out. Like this is not some fortress that is the only gateway to the mortgage and the only gateway out of the mortgage. Like this thing lives and breathes like a normal bank account. Like I can do whatever I want with it and any cash that sits in it will just offset against the mortgage because on top of that, the mortgage, when it takes the interest, the offset account is the bank account they take the interest from, right? Yeah, so you is, can designate that. Is that. The, Correct. Yeah. I, I'm curious, how do you think about sort of utilizing offset accounts uh, based on how they work in your sort of investment portfolio? Yeah. So I will say what I've seen and then I'll go into what I do. Um, I've seen some investors out there where they'll have like one offset account they use for multiple properties. All right. So their thinking is, well, I've got one asset account. I'm not going to get another one until I've filled this one up. Like what's the point of uh, having more offset accounts Like, I just need one. I've only got enough cash available to put into this one anyway. And I think that's a really big mistake because I think that as your portfolio grows and you go into multiple properties, that what you're going to end up doing is end up with this bank account where there's just so many transactions running through it, it becomes hard to distinguish, well, which transaction is for which property. And when it comes time to do your reporting, it's a much bigger job that needs to be. And 
for me, having really good reporting is so critical to being able to make decisions. Because if you're not quite sure which properties are profitable, which ones are costing you more money, like it can really like cloud your judgment. And great example of this, Grant, is like, you know, national property prices have fallen uh, 11%. You know, it's like, well, if you think, well, what about your individual properties though? You've got to go that one level deeper. You can't just take the national core logic number. It's like, you know, your suburb and street will have behaved differently than Australia overall. So what I do today and what I encourage for other investors, of course, not financial advice, speak to your professionals, is like what's worked well for me is like we have one offset account per mortgage we have or per property we have. And then we also use that account to run the expenses through it. So if there's a door that needs to be replaced, you pay it out of that offset account so you can track the transactions really uh, importantly, but also track the income easily. So very critical. And this, is, this isn't necessarily like just about offset accounts. You could do this with a bank account as well if you weren't okay. able to access an offset account. But the ideal in my mind is to use an offset account because then it's this like great mega account where it's got multiple functions. Now, I'm, I'm going to play dumb on this one, Charlie, because I'm just curious as to drive the conversation. Why the heck doesn't just every mortgage come with an offset account? Like I just Yeah, go, so you have to ask for these. Totally. And it's a tick box and it's the most annoying thing ever and they're frustrating to set up. Why isn't it just that every bank's just like, cool, you got a mortgage, here's an offset account, go for your life. Can I speak conspiracy theory here? We, we can. Go on, put the foil hat on. If the banks offered them as standard, they would make less money because most <sighs> people have cash sitting in, let's say, a checking account or a savings account and the interest they pay on those is lower than what would come with the mortgage. Now, of course, offset accounts have become more well-known and I think mortgage brokers are probably keeping the banks honest on these as well. So a lot of people are requesting them and uh, I think it's a really good thing. But I would argue that in a lot of cases, you know, is it really in their best interest to give these out as standards? I could see reasons why not. Um, The other side of it is, is like they can't force advice on you either, right? So for some people, maybe an offset account isn't the right, right thing and they should just have a bank account. And this is why it's so critical to understand them and why I want to do this topic because for some people out there, maybe an offset account isn't right for you. But for many, it may be something that's missing that could actually potentially enhance your results and allow you to be a bit more strategic in how you use your cash or where you park reserves. It's an interesting thing. So one of my investment properties that I bought went through like a third tier lender. right? So it was not like a big four bank and it wasn't on the second tier like your Bendigo's, et cetera. This is like a third tier, like all they do is just they, they just loan out money. And I actually believe that they don't even have a bank account option. Like, this, like they, they're, as a lender, they don't even have like a tick box to say, yeah, give me a bank account, let alone an offset account, which meant that like for me, I actually did the silly approach and I only realized that after I did my tax recently where I utilized one bank account for two properties which was an account connected to a, a Commonwealth Bank loan that I had as <laughs> like the bank account connected to a third property, created a nightmare for me. It was like this frustrating thing. So is that, like, do you enjoy doing the reports oh, on that? It was, a, it was unpicking every single thing and it was this point of just going, well, no, I need to refinance this. I need to go and get an offset account and needs to have its own bank account and, and this just needs to be a better way. And so this is another example of where I've gone through School of Hard Knocks. Doing the wrong thing, Charlie, and then feeling the pain and going, I wish someone told me something different. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, it's the default setting, right? And if no one tells you, like, how can you set these expectations for yourself? So totally. you went and acquired this. Maybe you weren't aware of where or how an offset account could be useful here. So you just took the recommendation of whatever the lender comes out and potentially had cash that wasn't offsetting anything. So it becomes a yep. missed opportunity. Um, I'd totally. also say this brings up a really good point is not every bank has offset accounts. And even with the same bank, not every type of uh, mortgage allows an offset account. So I'll tell you this right now. I'm, I have uh, several loans with one of the big four. And on one type of loan, I can get an offset account, no problem. And on another type of loan, I can't. There is no offset account. So it's not like it's... Yeah, insane. Insane. Can I, shouldn't it just all be the same? Like just, <laughs> All the banks just offer the same thing, same product, same... They're all comparable to each other. Yeah, well, I, I would make the argument for myself is like <clears throat> I would preferentially go towards a lender that offered an offset account versus didn't. So for me, that is a consideration when I'm taking on a loan because it, it just becomes such a useful thing for me when it comes to money management that having that facility makes a difference. Would you pay more? Like would you, have, would you accept a higher interest rate to make it, the question better in order to have an offset account because of the games you can play with an offset account? It or depends. You just, I would really you have just to like cost it, yeah. basis analysis that. I would say slightly. I would probably play slightly more to have it. I'd happily pay an extra fee per month just to have an offset account. So if they were going to charge me like, hey, it's 20 bucks a month to have an offset account, I would do it. It would be easier. Now, one, one of the things you and I spoke about is that the type of mortgage that you have um, and the like the type of interest rate or principal and interest, et cetera, that you have on your mortgage – actually changes the type of offset accounts that are available. And this, I found- Well, the offset bad. account is the same, but they work differently. Dive into it for me. Okay. So again, I know this is like a bit of a drier topic, but I think as we unpack this and understand it, and especially when we get to like the how you use them a little bit strategically, you're going to be like, ah, oh, I need to pay more attention to this. I'll find okay. a way so let's pretend you've got uh, two, we've now got two properties. We've upgraded Grant. We've got uh, yes. two properties. They're the same on the same street, and they're the same house. So maybe it was like we bought a a townhouse, and we've had the opportunity to buy the one next to it. Why not? Ooh. So we had a hundred thousand dollar property on one percent, and now we've got a second one, a hundred thousand dollar property on one percent. It's full hundred percent loans on these as well, right? There's no deposits. Where uh, we're going we're feeling delinquent. risky. Let's do it. <laughs> Okay, so one's on P&I though, so principal and interest loan, and another one is on interest only. And they've both got $50,000 in each offset account, which by the way, if I was going to put 50 grand in the offset account, I might as well have just left a deposit so I didn't have to pay the LMI. Like, anyway, we won't go there. <laughs> no, no, this no. is not we're, – We're going full delinquents. This is great. I like it. Okay, so ha- you would think, Charlie, the same. Like the $50,000 is going to offset the same amount of debt in both of them. And totally. I would say – It's an offset, Charlie. Yes, except with the one that is interest only. So we'll start there. There's $50,000 in the offset account. When it comes time to make your payment, instead of the bank taking $1,000 because that was the payment, they're only going to take five hundred dollars because that is the new interest amount. And I okay? keep the rest. Yeah, so you get to keep the $500 in the offset account in your pocket. Perfect. Now, for the one that's on P&I though, Right, so this is principal and interest. They still take the full thousand dollars. <gasps> and you say, well, what do they do with the thousand dollars? They actually pay more of your principal down. 
So this is a really, and this is where we start to get strategic, right? Because if you're trying to manage cash flow in this example, and your objective is to look at that in a different way, you're not actually getting any more cash flow if it's a P&I loan with an offset account. You didn't totally. keep more cash in your pocket because the same amount of capital was still made illiquid. It's just more was paid down on the debt itself. Is there is that just like the option is that like an option on the form or is that just how the difference between P and I and interest only works from an offset account perspective? That's how they work. Amazing. Isn't that I've I've only ever hammered interest only lines. Like I'm just like, cool, just don't need it. Principal and interest is not what I'm going for personally, and not financial advice or anyone else. Like, I'm an idiot, and it's probably the dumbest thing I've ever done, or the smartest thing, one of the two. And yeah, so I've never actually gone down the P and I road. Well, do you, funnily enough, when we were going on our acquisition run, one of the things we did to access finance is we did every loan on P and I. Right, so every acquisition we actually made was on principal and interest. Right, we do the full thing. And the reason for that is if you do principal and interest loans, it actually increases your borrowing power slightly. So to be able to maximize what we were doing, that's the way we elected to take it. So it worked really well. Um, Unfortunately, though, what ended up happening is we our cash flow changed dramatically. Mm. So you want to imagine that we're putting money in these offset accounts. And, And it really hit me when I started to speak to other investors. So this is one of those things where you don't know what you don't know is all my loans are on P&I, I'm putting money into these offset accounts, but my actual like cash flow <laughs> isn't improving. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? And then it occurred to me that most investors were using interest-only loans, and by putting money in an offset account with an interest-only loan is they were better able to hold on to liquidity and improve cash flow overall. Isn't that, isn't that interesting though, right? Because- there are so many times when you listen to people like us on a podcast and we're like in another episode, we'll just say, oh, we're just going to put $50,000 in an offset account to sort of offset the interest. And everyone's like, great, I can apply that to me completely when it's like, well, is your mortgage uh, principal and interest or is it just interest only because it, it will factor differently. Um, but a lot of people don't go below the surface. And I think this is where a lot of people get caught out because it's like that second and third layer of information, which is like, oh, shit, I didn't realise they operate differently. Far out. Yeah, so at this point I would hope for yourself uh, you start to go, well, hang on, that would mean that an offset account attached to an interest-only loan has a different value to how I utilise cash in my portfolio versus one that's on P&I. Completely. And there, if the goal of my portfolio work. is just to maximize cash flow, then interest-only offset accounts start to wait where I might, and I say might, not financial advice. We'll probably have to say that 100 times on the episode, um, where I might put some of my capital or where I might store more reserves because I don't want to look up that liquidity. Can we get I'll- more complex now? <laughs> hey, again, please tell me you're going to throw in some structures. Well, I mean, it's in the episode notes. You know it's coming. So <laughs> wait, wait, wait! No one knows. Don't act so surprised. Give me, give me t- Oh my gosh, we're going to be talking about structures. Yeah, is he yeah. going to throw in the set of steak knives? Don't tell me he's going to throw in the set of steak knives. <laughs> I'm like looking at the next bullet point. No way. <laughs> is it structures? <laughs> so yeah. Continue, so Charlie. this is where it gets even further. So uh, for myself, so you've got this one layer of like, okay, my loan type dictates how the offset account may work or have value to me. 
But now we're going to go into the structure component. And again, I have to say not financial advice because I can't advise people on structures. That's actually a question probably for accountants or tax lawyers or something like that. I would be disappointed if you didn't say that. You're welcome. Yeah, thank so, you. thank you. If you let's you say, let's say you have a mortgage in a family trust versus you have one that's in your personal name in this example. So now we're going to change it. We'll keep the same two properties, why not? But we'll change the structures a little bit. So one of the things that's really interesting in Australia is that you cannot negatively gear within a trust. So if you've got a property that runs at a loss in your personal name, you can actually offset that loss against your income. And that's known as negative gearing, and there are some tax benefits to that. As a sidebar, there's many people in Australia out there that use negative gearing as their strategy. So they're intending to lose money on the properties they have, and then overall they claim that tax differential, where if you buy property in a trust, if you run it at a loss, the trust actually has to retain that loss. So it has to deal with its own loss. Now, that what I've just said actually goes deeper. I'm sure there's someone out there saying, oh, Charlie, that's not how it works. There is levels of complexity of this. I just want to keep it simple for understanding. Um, what's really interesting, though, is that if you have an offset account in a trust, right, and you are to store capital in there, you can actually strategically put money into that account, which would then improve the profitability of the trust, which would mean you can actually control if you wanted it to be, in this case, positively geared or negatively geared. So- in the idea that you wanted to make sure you didn't incur losses in your trust, you don't want to negatively gear in it because you would prefer to maybe negatively gear in your personal name, you could actually move money from a property that's in your own name, put it into your trust, negatively gear the property that's in your personal name for the tax benefit and increase the profitability on the property in the trust to make sure that that trust no longer has that issue. Now, Please tell me if I've explained that well or I've glossed over it. No, you have explained that extremely well. Uh, Great, because I, I practiced it like four times because I was like, <laughs> this is where it gets confusing. <laughs> this is like the tenth time we've tried to record it. It's like getting real complex. I think can, I, can I use a story here because it's an example? I was about to do mine. You can go your story first. All right. So I, I have a unit block that I have in a trust. Now, that unit block is positively geared overall, but... In the first year we bought it, we had to do a heap of repairs and there was costs and things that are with it. Now, all those expenses have actually made the unit block negatively geared in year one. We knew that going into it, but in year one, it was actually going to be running at a loss because we had to do, I can't remember, there was just a bunch of repairs intentionally. So one of the ways we approach this is we put money in the offset accounts against that so that it could actually not be negatively geared because I didn't want that loss in the trust. So when it comes time to do tax, I don't have to necessarily hold that loss in the trust. I was able to create more debt in my personal name. And this is the point I really want to uh, elaborate on people when you get deeper into the game. You're actually able to use your cash to control how much of what types of debt and where to alter, in this case, my tax position. Totally. Not financial advice. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, you better say it. And so exactly the same for me, right? Utilize offset accounts. I typically find the one that has the highest interest rate and kind of slap it in there because most of my properties are in trusts. And so I'm like, oh, highest interest rate, throw cash in. Oh, we'll get, we'll get to that. Don't worry. That's oh, next. Cool. But the, the thing that I found interesting is how much 
easier it is, like on a scale of imagine 10 was super easy. I click my fingers and something happens and one was like eating glass, horrific. If I was getting a mortgage and I've got a mortgage under my personal name for an investment property, it is like an eight out of 10 easy for me to get an offset account. Like literally it's on the forms, you tick a box and it's like, oh, cool, you want an offset account? No worries at all. Here's an offset account. In a trust, it's like two out of 10. <laughs> There's like- But you know what comes no- to my mind? I just have to share this quickly. You know that, uh, um, what is it, the meme that floats around of Oprah? You get a car and you get a car. It's like, you know, when you've got mortgages in your personal name, you get an offset. You get an offset. You got got a trust? um, No offset. As I say, when it comes to getting offset accounts in a trust, I feel like it's the soup Nazi from Seinfeld. (laughs) No offset for you. (laughs) Yeah, no offset for you. It's really difficult. (laughs) Totally. And I I found that. It, it became counterintuitive to me because a mortgage under a trust usually has like a, a, I calculate it to be a 0.25% interest rate increase just a, like the trust tax. I'm like, you're already charging me more for- Well, is, your, is yours only 0.25? Mine's like closer to 0.5. Yeah. So I get, it's like a 0.25 for interest only instead of a principal and interest, and then I usually get a 0.25 for it being in a trust versus not being in a trust. I'm like, you're already charging me more for it not being in a trust. I'm like, just give me the offset account. And like, not, what not to side by this, but I recently swapped one of my loans from principal, uh, sorry, from interest only to principal and interest within a trust, and the difference was 0.8. Oh, my God. Uh, in, so nearly a full percent drop in interest rate. Which we'll discuss that at another point because I think I want to keep this clean just because it gets really confusing. But to recap, what's really fascinating and what Grant is unpacking here is that it seems to be noting that banks change their policies and this could change much easier to get an offset account with a loan that is in your personal name versus getting offset accounts with advanced structures like trusts and things or companies. So you know what? And that may change. It's bank to bank, but that has been my experience and yours. So the interesting thing that I found, so I had to get two properties without offset accounts and like ones with Commonwealth Bank. <laughs> like it's not as small. Are we allowed to name the banks? Or we're not sure we can. Name the banks? Like one, one's with Commonwealth Bank. Yeah, whatever. Hey, I'm giving them money. I'm sure they're not going to be too upset. Because I say I like Combank. Uh, I don't want it to be seen yeah. as a negative. Same thing. Uh, and then the other one is with like a third tier lender, which is fine. And so yeah, let's bag them. Just, Damn third tier. <laughs> throw them under a bus. And so like very different financial products all under trusts, like it, I just could not get offset accounts. It was literally like no banks were offering an offset account to a trust. And like, I just missed the boat. There was one or two, a couple of months prior, and then they just like pulled the products. And so like, I'm actively pinging my mortgage broker saying, when can we find a trust with a product that's got an offset account to it? When can we find a trust product that's got an offset account? And he actually found one. And so, like, I'm refinancing both properties with the same bank, like, separate mortgages, separate offset accounts, separate everything, just because, like, this product's become available. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, a mortgage. I would do the same. Yeah, a mortgage with a trust, an offset account. I'm like, this is, like, a dream come true. And the interest rate's lower. And so, I just found it interesting where I had to, like, actively look to refinance to move into something that was better long-term for an offset account connected to a mortgage and a trust versus at the time I just didn't have the choice. I was like, I, there was just nothing. I just needed the mortgage. And so I found Completely. That and you may, 
use an, uh, you may use a loan product to acquire a property and then refinance at another point, right? So if the only yeah. loan you can get is with a third tier lender and you want to make an acquisition, you kind of have to eat that. And I, I have it points. If you want to make the acquisition, that's what's required. But yeah. refinancing at a later point to have a better loan product like you're discussing here just makes so much sense to me. And I had a very similar experience when we refinanced, like we did a big refinance across all our properties uh, early in 2022. And these were some of the considerations and thoughts we put into things because having the ability to control how you use your debt can be really, really powerful, incredibly powerful. Now, I want to dig into a deeper point. You said something before about um, different loans on different rates and how you can think about this as well. So, again, I want to value stack this. So, in the beginning, I said that, you know, offset accounts behave differently depending if they're on a P&I or an interest-only loan, so principal and interest versus interest-only. So that could be a factor alone which would dictate how you would use offset accounts. Then I've said that, hey, they have different value if they're in a different structure. So this is like in the example we used our personal names versus a trust. So you may want to utilize them differently depending on what you want, where you want your debt to be. But now the layer we're going to go to next here is the idea that, well, different loans have different interest rates. So if you've got a loan and we're going to say in a trust uh, on interest only and the rate is substantially higher than one that's in your personal name um, and not it, uh, so in your personal name and on principal and interest, well, you might have a full percentage basis point difference. So you yep. might have one loan at, in this case, 5% and in another case, 6%. You could actually get a better return on your cash reserves just by parking your reserve capital in the offset account with the higher rate. Uh, yeah. See, those are the things that, that I love. I <laughs> talk you about like different different mortgage products. So I'm, we've spoken about my very first investment property and how I got stuck with an interest, uh, sorry, a fixed interest rate mortgage. And it was like, well, that's, that's the best thing. And I'm like, damn, I should have been variable. But now I'm very happy, Charlie. The interesting thing was I couldn't actually get an offset account. On a, like a fixed interest rate. So have you? So this had comes that, back to the the product. I've actually never had a fixed interest rate. I will say I've, I've oh, always stayed on. It's good now. Oh, I will keep reminding you for the next fourteen months, Charlie. Don't you worry about you, it. You totally can. And for some people, I get it. Um, maybe I'm just high risk than most people. But I think there's two sides to this conversation. When people hear fixed rate mortgages, the thing they think about is they're like, "Sweet, I've I've locked in this interest rate." For me, I'm hearing you've also locked in your loan product. If you have to break that loan product, like potentially I've heard people having to pay 30 grand to get out of a loan. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It is expensive. Although interestingly enough, I now have a break-free clause. Like my bank will freely allow me to get out of my fixed interest rate products. (laughs) I'll bet they do. You get a refinance of 2% to 5 or 6 (laughs) And I'm like, oh, they sent me a letter. I'm like, oh, thanks. Like, sure. <laughs> uh, th- this comes back to what we mentioned before about like not all products have the same things. And um, just to really look, close that one out, <clears throat> in the case there, I value flexibility. So for yeah. me, I'm not going to be locking in a fixed rate loan on what I'm doing because I'm still trying to make active moves. And if I need to sell a property, refinance a property, change something in order for me to make the next step in my portfolio, I would be uh, unhappy to be on a fixed 
loan that prevented that. So I value the flexibility, just like I'm also happy to pay a slightly higher interest rate on a product if it means that I can increase my borrowing power because it would totally. mean progression towards my goal over fixating on the cost of an individual loan. So I think the overview is something that people forget. It's like, what interest rate do you want? Well, you might have the cheapest, but is it limiting you in actually making the next steps in your portfolio? May not be the right thing. Maybe the right well, thing, the, but maybe not. Yeah. The funny thing is these things like it now, like a 56% loan to value ratio. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, this just, well, this sucks. But to, the, to that point, like it was, I found it so interesting that like a fit, if I had a fixed interest rate, which I did and I didn't want one, but I got one anyway, um, I could not actually get an offset. Like it was like a nope. So I've just, so literally what I did was I went and just got a normal bank account with the same bank connected to the mortgage. And so it's just like the account that I've just said, hey, take the money out of here. And so it looks, Breeze operates like a normal bank account because it is like a, similar like an offset. It just does not offset it. And no pres- offset pres- for you. No, no offset. offset for you. You know the worst thing? So this is my first investment property. And so I was speaking to the wife. I'm like, oh, we're just going to put like tens of thousands of dollars in here. We'll offset it and all these things. And I remember like, I wish I was joking, Charlie. Like at the start of like going to put like 40 grand in. And I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to go and see the interest rate decrease. <laughs> and I'm like, it didn't decrease. Like interest rate was still the same. I'm like, oh, maybe I need to have it in there for like the 40 grand in there for like the entire month. And then it would decrease. I'm like, ah, cool, it's fine. Next month. And the next month, I'm like, didn't decrease. <laughs> and then well, like, just to clarify that, you're just very careful in the language. The interest rate on the loan doesn't change. Sorry. The, the amount interest of interest payment. we pay would definitely change. And uh, totally. you yeah, highlighted so something else there that's really important is like, well, if you're going to use an offset account, like what are the terms of it? And again, I suspect this varies from lender to lender. Just it like does. I'll bet there's someone out there that at a point in time offered offset accounts on a fixed rate loan. And they might still exist I'm today. Sure. Or but this is where it gets complex. Totally. Yeah. So um, in that case there, for all the loans I currently have, interest is calculated daily. So if I put in money to an account today, I think they technically do it at like 11.59 every night is like the time. They say, well, how much money was in every account at this point? And that's the daily interest. Now, check with your bank. That, again, may vary from uh, bank to bank. But uh, to your point is like what I'm experiencing currently is that if you move money today, it will be that day that it's accrued from. So you can do it mid-month. It doesn't have to wait to the following month to kick into an effect um, or you could move it um, at any point really. But, uh, yeah, and I I love that. And it just took me a month and a half to find out that it wasn't because in, again, super young into my journey, uh, and I'm just like, oh, this should just happen. And then it, I, because let me articulate this so I don't sound as silly. The bank account was created at the same time I got my mortgage. So it was essentially it was a tick box on the form. It's like, do you want a bank account to connect it? Like, do you want us to open a bank account as well? To do yeah, well you, you do need a bank account with every mortgage to like um, where are they going to take the payment? You have to assign one, right? You have to assign a payment place. Totally. And so I just said, cool, give me a bank account. But – I'm just like, well, everyone talks about having investment properties and an offset account. I'm like, sure, I've just got an offset account. That was the thing that was open to the connection. But it's like, no, not every single one comes with it, even though you've got this bank account that kind of is open with the same. It like literally has to be a named offset account. I was just, I actually learned a lot through being silly at the start 
And we'd be going, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> the offset but, accounts aren't just by default. Drag this out though because this is the point that gets me. Pretend, pretend you didn't associate with any other investors and didn't do any research past this and you just took this default option and you did it for every property and then over a space of 30 years you never had an offset account or utilised them properly. Can you see the like opportunity cost in that? Totally. How much? Yeah, that's what got me. Yeah, I am. Um- I went down this rabbit hole thinking that I had one and it was only by, based on pure frustration of the <laughs> amount of interest that I was getting charged wasn't changed that I'm just like, no, I'm missing something here. Like, this is not the bank problem. This is a grand problem. What am I missing? And that's the dude. It sent me down a rabbit hole of me just going, wow. <laughs> well, I wish someone told me about that. Hence why these are awesome. I am curious. Like We've obviously spoken a lot about what it is and all these kind of fun things. Like how do you, not financial advice, how do you kind of best utilize your offset accounts now? Because I've got a couple of different ways that I play it, but how do you? Like yeah, so thank you so much for the layup, saving me repeating myself again on that point on not financial advice, but I'll get it again. Um, <laughs> okay, so the way I think about it, and I've tried to progressively take people through the journey here of going, okay, they work differently for different types of loans. They work differently in different types of structures. And then not all banks offer them and they can. there's a whole bunch of factors that would allow you to get them or not get them. The way I think about this now is the value to me is being able to control not only um, what debt I have, but it's also giving me the ability to really enhance my control over where I want to pull strings in my portfolio, how I can lay this up with the objectives. So I'll give you an example is that if the goal is to focus on cash flow, then I'm going to strategically use my um, offset accounts to get a better result with cash flow. If my goal is to improve profitability, I'm going to strategically use my uh, offset accounts to pay off higher interest loans first. I'm going to stack more money there. So I think that what every investor should be considering is layering this up with their strategy. I think they should sit there at a strategy level and say, well, what's the goal of my portfolio? Am I trying to be as profitable as possible or am I trying to enhance the cash flow as much as possible? And then I think they should utilize and set up their offset accounts and loan products with a mortgage broker so that they can achieve that on a deeper level. Now, I can't speak for other people, but when I went through this, like this number isn't small, right? So per year, just having this set up in a way that's associated with my goals is like tens of thousands of dollars of difference, right? So it's like I could completely work through that. So when your offset accounts have been done in a way that is useful, this is you being the puppet master. This is you controlling the types of debt, what you want to work with your own portfolio, and then making sure that you can optimize that result at your own discretion. So this is – so. I found this interesting because so I went and did refinancing on two properties and just with the refinancing alone, I had dropped the interest rate enough where there was a net benefit of, I think it was about 450, 500 bucks a month, right? So essentially I was just decreasing it. However, now that those two properties that did not have offset accounts on them can now have offset accounts, there was one property that actually with the interest rate increases have kind of, has kind of gone negative, on me. Like my forecasts say that it will slightly be a bit negative, but the actuals are still positive. That now I can go and put a whole heap of money in the offset account to buffer that to make sure that it doesn't go negative because it sits in a trust. 
right? And so now that I have the vehicle to actually utilize an offset account for a property that's, or a mortgage that sits in a trust, I get to play that game. I get to play the game of not just, hey, how do I make sure I buy the right asset that doesn't get impacted by increased in, increases in interest rates, I can actually utilize the offset to play the game a bit better in the sense of me going and putting the cash in the offset and go, that's fine, I can weather quite a lot more interest rate increases in that property now that sits in a trust because yeah, so that, of the offset. There's one layer to that though, right? That means you have to be in a position to create new cash, right? So just totally. keep in mind that you're in a business where you are making profit and you're injecting it into your portfolio to do that. And not everyone has that opportunity. So we have to be I, grateful totally. that we run a very profitable business as well as run this podcast that enable us to make those moves. But that is still what you just said there is the exact type of strategies you get to utilize. So in your case, just to, uh, I'm going to do like a recap overview here, go metaphorical on you. Grant's got a property that was potentially negatively geared and not set up in a way that was optimized for his goal. Through refinancing and utilizing an offset account, he's then being able to take some cash from other properties or other bank accounts or profits from business um, and then redeploy that cash into this property in the offset account. So now he's got a positively geared property in that trust. He's been able to control how negative or positively geared it is purely by how much money he parks in that offset account. Now, can I take this a layer deeper? Please tell me you're going to talk about risk or something. Well, think about this to take it even further. So this was the surprising um, thing I kind of looked at is if you do a big refinance like I did earlier in the year, you might actually refinance money out of certain properties also. I did look at doing it and I did it. I decided not to. But yes, I love this. You totally could. So pretend your whole portfolio was at like 50% LVR. You could actually refinance the whole thing to 80% LVR and bring out more cash. Now we're getting more advanced here, but do you know what? I want to share some of the advanced strategies. Totally. If you refinance your whole portfolio, that's not a taxable event because you didn't sell an asset. All you're actually doing is reliquifying the portfolio, right? You're just moving how much is in the actual property asset in the debt versus how much you put into free cash flow in this case here. Now, if you were to refi your whole portfolio like earlier I did in the year, you actually have the ability now through the use of offset accounts to reallocate debt as well. Yep. So what if you want to significantly change the amount of debt that's in one of your trusts? Or what if you want to start negative gearing in your personal name because there is a tax advantage to what you do um, in that way. And I can't, that's very individualized. Again, it's like you want to really work in with your team. But it occurred to me that there's a real big superpower of doing a refinance maybe every five years and then strategically making sure you place your debt in offset accounts that are appropriate with what you're trying to achieve also. So that's like a, a, a bigger idea as well. It's also a really interesting concept that if you're maybe low in liquidity, so maybe you've got a very low uh, cash flow portfolio, but you've had a heap of growth, this is actually a way where you could refinance money out, park it in offset accounts, and you wouldn't have actually any change in like your LVR position, but your liquidity has gone up substantially here as well. So you've allowed yourself to be in a position where you've actually de-risked your portfolio without changing your income, for example, or selling a property. The, inter- the interesting thing that I was looking at for potentially in the future, 
because I got investment property in my own name and then others in trusts, was actually the potential of refinancing, taking the money out and putting all that cash into my my personal named property so it spits out more cash flow personally because there are quite a few banks that don't actually look at what sits in the trust. So then I can actually use my offset of my per, the investment property that's in my personal name to actually minimize or decrease the amount I'm paying for interest so that I look better from a borrowing perspective for a bank. So I, was, I got exactly. a huge amount of cash. So you just increased your borrowing power. Exactly, huge. by utilizing and then just utilizing the offset. But then once I get the borrowing, purchase the next property, I can take all that money and go and put it back in the original offset. It's like, like a couple of months of like I could totally move these things around. And uh, just by having an offset account attached to every investment property, I just get to play this game of just like move the money. What is it? Like hide the cheese. <laughs> just like hide the cheese. Like where do I want the cheese to sit? Um, not financial advice, want, just saying like there are yeah, things. Yeah, definitely not financial advice. And this is uh, more of a refi strategy than an offset strategy, but I'll share it nonetheless. Do it, do it, um, do it. Well, many people that do a big refinance and like re, you know, take all the money they can out will actually pay off their PPR because that's the only mortgage that doesn't have the tax benefits. So if you were to refinance a portfolio out and pay your own home off, that would mean you no longer have any personal debt and you would have increased the debt in the property portfolio, which is a tax deduction. So there's like other plays to this as well and like loan strategy. And this is what blows my mind. Like, can you see how complex just talking about offset accounts has gotten here? So do you want to know what blows my mind? Is like when people treat mortgage brokers like commodities. Uh, and they just bounce between them as opposed to, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no art to this grant. You know, you just like, it's all the same. It's like it's the Money. borrowing strategy is so incredibly complex. Having a quality broker who can understand these dynamics and then a really good accountant to team up with them to help get you the best result. It's just essential. I spoke to a guy, three investment properties in South Australia and he, he's owned them for 30 years now. We're celebrating that they were all paid off. And I'm like, oh, like, how did you like utilize like offsets and debt and all these things? It's like, what do you mean? It's like, I was still on the same mortgage that I bought him on. <laughs> I just paid the whole thing off. Well, I will say years. congratulations. He's actually done better was, than most people, but um, it was awesome. I'm just like, and so all, like I was talking to him about all these things. He's like, don't overcomplicate it, man. He's like, just buy the thing, get it property at, at, at principal and interest payments, pay the thing down. And, I'm, and I was talking about these things. He's like, it was just a glass, it was like a brick wall. He's like, I just don't want to know about it. It's, Hey, for some people, that is a great strategy. I'll say like for the person out there who wants to be passive and not think about it and is going that approach, good on them. That's not you though. Grant, no. if I know anything about you, you, I almost suspect you want it to be a little bit complex and interesting just to give you some <laughs> stimulation in life. You know, you know how people just like chew on chewing gum? I like just feel like chewing on glass is just a little bit better. It's <laughs> like, you know, just give me Wrigley's glass. That sounds great. Do you know where, where I've, I found my threshold, right? It's like I like it complex to a certain level, but then past that I don't. And I found once people start trying to set up like Hong Kong companies or not pay tax, in China, I'm like, I'm out. This is just like the level of complexity here is just too much for me. It's like, it was crazy. You know, what, um, you know what I find, which is such an obvious thing that I just don't – I don't know if it's because people don't mention it enough or, um, or anything like that. I have an emergency fund. Right, which is just a, an amount of money that if the business has a blip or if we, I don't know, if, if myself, knock on wood, gets into an accident, there's money in an account that I can just go and say, hey, look, it doesn't actually impact us. Taking that money from just a personal bank account 
and just like putting it into like a property offset account. <laughs> it means that this money that's there just for a rainy day, if something happens, the emergency fund is now actually doing something for me. And I'm like, it's so obvious. <laughs> Why didn't someone just say, hey, Grant, is your emergency fund in your offset account? No. That's a great idea. <laughs> like, so like that, that was one of the things that I did where I was able to utilize the emergency fund to actually offset some risk in the portfolio. And you're laughing and it's probably so obvious, but I that's, have to say that for the other – for the other Do you know what I'm laughing at? I'm laughing at two things. Is one is like well, we all know we don't know these things, right? I, I look at it and go, we don't know what we don't know. It's important to have these conversations, and why we do this podcast is to bring awareness to it. We can laugh at yeah. hindsight, but what I'm actually laughing at is um, I'm looking down at my podcast timer right now, and we found a way to talk about the dry and boring topic of offset accounts for like 45 minutes, <laughs> and I've still got more questions. Which I'm, I'm curious. I'm, you know what? This might be the final question. Did you know, Charlie, that there is a pothole or two or three that exists with offset accounts? It's not just you have an offset account or you don't have an offset account. Did you know that there are some offset accounts that are 100% and 80%? Ooh, see? This is where loan product gets back into some complexity here. D- just so to clarify that point though, because I think it could be misleading um, it's that the offset account would only work up to 80% of the loan. So if we go back to our example, if you had an 80% offset account on the $100,000 loan in the start, it would just mean your limit of offset is 80 grand. It's not that every dollar you put in is only calculated at 80, worth 80 cents. That's um, So for yeah. example, if you were to have 100%, so you had $100,000 mortgage and you put in $100,000 into the offset account, if it was 100% offset, you would pay zero interest. You might pay like a mortgage management fee or something like that, but it's like zero percent. But if you had an eighty percent offset account and you went and put a hundred thousand dollars in, it would only actually offset eighty thousand dollars. So you'd still pay the two hundred dollars in that example instead of nothing. I just found it quite an interesting point. And then I sat there and I was like, oh, didn't actually think of it like that. Yeah, well, luckily I appear to have had some technical issues and I'm back now. Hopefully you can hear me and hopefully you can explain that point really well. But do it. I dare say you covered it. Did you cover it well? I did did cover it quite well. And I actually think that's a perfect cue for us to wrap up this episode, Charlie. I just want to say thank you for everyone who joined us. Uh, And don't forget, if you do want to get notified every single time we drop one of these episodes, head over to propertyandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Put in your details and we'll let you know every single time we drop these episodes. Just want to say thank you again for joining us and we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Property and Investing.